one point. Two weeks in a row, one point separated the Panthers from victory. A legendary coach once said, there's a fine line between winning and losing. Right now, Pitt is on the wrong side of that line, but not by much. How close are they? And can it be corrected? We discuss that and more on this week's Hail to Pit podcast. about finishing it in these final 30 minutes. Well, you know, it happened in, it happened in West Virginia where we're knocked off number two. It happened in South Carolina, and it's happening in Pittsburgh today. Our guys had a lot of guts tonight. We're just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. Dude, one hell of a game that you will never, ever forget. We shocked the world! Hell to pit. Hell to pit. This is the week of October 17th, 2020, and this is the Hail to Pit Podcast. I am Alan Michael Tuzinski. And I'm Vince. It was a one-point woof, a roller coaster of a game, too, up in Chestnut Hill. And in 2020, though, getting to ride a roller coaster safely is a rare occasion. But this was not safe, Vince. This roller coaster was dangerous, and it ended with an abrupt crash. Left everyone in a bit of a haze. How do you move on to the U after that? How do you do it? You listen to us, right, Vince? You listen to us, help everybody get through it and move on, because that's all we can do. We're, we're going to try. You know, I'm, I consider myself a roller coaster enthusiast. I've, I've been on... Steel Phantom, Phantom's Revenge, Ooh. Millennium Force, Magnum XL 200. Goliath? Name it, but uh, I haven't been on Goliath, but but I'll say this. I, I felt more sick after this game than I have after any other roller coaster I've ever been on. Yeah, I'm telling you, I rode Goliath after eating a bunch of cotton candy, popcorn, drinking like six, seven, eight Cokes, and I was not as woozy and nauseous after that. You're right, Vince. This game just made you ill with just how, at the snap of a finger, it was over after what was an emotional, brutal ride that was kind of fun and thrilling, but in the end, ultimately disappointing with the missed extra point by Alex Kessman after he made a 58-yard field goal to bring it to overtime. Yeah, yeah, just, 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 just sad for it to end that way. Uh, a lot of a lot of things wrong with the Panthers now. I'm not going to efforts certainly not one of them. They you know they play hard, but uh, just just disappointing. And, and there's not any time, Alan, to to you know, for the team to just you know sit there and mope. They they got to get ready because there, there's some big challenges coming up for them. Big time challenges, and we're going to preview those challenges. We're going to look back at that loss and not talk about the lack of effort, but talk about just what could maybe be tweaked, what what happened exactly, and what will happen moving forward in those big time matchups. It's all coming up on today's Hail to Pit podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for following us on Twitter at H2P Show and interacting with us there. We appreciate you. And of course, if you ever want to email the show, if you have a personal story related to the Pit Panthers at all or inside information and you want to securely send it through an email, hail the number two Pit Podcast at gmail.com. Hail to Pit Podcast at gmail.com. We appreciate the feedback we get on Reddit and Panther Lair and all the social media gimmicks as well. We are brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcast. You can go to prettyeasypodcasts.com right now, just like dozens and dozens of other podcasters like us are doing, and they're getting their own personal producer at a very affordable rate, someone to help you take care of all the production sh- shenanigans while you focus on hosting your show. That's what we're doing. We're focused on talking about Pitt while Pretty Easy Podcasts handles all the editing, handles all the posting of the show. You could get it done too. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com. Could have used some hand-holding and someone to guide the Pitt Panthers through that overtime that maybe would have uh, maybe would have been inside Alex Kessman's head. The guy is a walking sports psychology case, Vince it is so rough to watch. I am enamored with just the case study that is Alex Kessman, the kicker for the Pitt Panthers. Yeah, it, it's baffling. You know, th- this kid misses 
uh, some easier field goals during the game. He makes this extremely long 50-plus yard, how, how long was it, 58 yards uh, field goal uh, to send the game to overtime. And then, you know, just just misses an extra point, not even close. Uh, so I, you know, I don't, I, have, I, I didn't have the heart to go back and watch that particular play. I don't know if the laces were, were in or, or nah, who cares? what the issue was. It wasn't his fault. It, it wasn't his fault, it, this loss. What we, it comes down to it is not Alex Kessman's fault. Oh, no. Like Coach said, Narduzzi said it, he got him there. He got him there. And so, I don't know. I can't believe still that they even kicked the 58-yarder looking back at it. What could have been done? Would have Hail Mary been a better option? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but they were in overtime against a team they probably should have beaten, definitely could have beaten. And just that one point, Boston College comes out on top. And it's not for lack of trying. The, the effort Kenny Pickett put in this game, crazy, crazy heart on the quarterback of the Pitt Panthers. But we need to talk about the defense because Dracovic. Man, he put on a show for some people in this town that were watching him beat up on their Pitt Panthers. Yeah, a lot of people bragging about how how good this kid is now, and 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 he is good, you know. But I, I'm I'm not going to say that he's, you know, you know, the, the the next big thing all of a sudden based on that performance. But you know, this defense, and we've seen it, you know, several, you know, in just about you know, every game that they've played, they're giving up these big pass plays. Uh, that Zay Flyers, he was, you know, mm. running deep on this team, you know, several times uh, uh, during this game uh, and in overtime. And in, as good as this defense plays, you know, a lot, Allen, you know, they have these moments where they give up these huge passes. And when your offense, you know, isn't uh, – Able to keep up? That's a big issue. Yeah, so 162 yards for Zay Flowers. And previewing this game last week on this show, we all circled Hunter Long, and he got his, the tight end. First play out of the gates, I mean, and it was kind of disappointing, too. It's like Pitt wasn't even game planning for him at all. And we even said on this show, yeah, this guy's big and can hurt you. And he got 93 yards. But Zay Flowers contributing to this offense the way he did is what put them over. What helped them win this game? What kind of shell-shocked the Pitt defense? A speedster, a guy running NFL-like routes for Jakovic and dominating the Pitt secondary. Worrying about Maybe they were worried about Hunter Long a lot and over-game-planned for him, which it didn't really seem like they did too much uh, in terms of execution against him. But Zane Flowers goes out there and kind of completely forgot about, I felt like, by the the whole game plan and preparation going into this one, a lot more man coverage of just letting a guy go out there and beat you with great athleticism. And that's what, what kind of, you know, I know that they want to play this, you know, quarters coverage and and they leave these cornerbacks out on an Island and yeah, they've been good, but you can't expect them to be perfect every single play, Alan. Uh, All it takes is, you know, you know, just to beat beat their man, and and the receiver is going to be gone, and that's that's what Zay Flowers did, and it, it's just crazy to me because you, know, you have these great safeties. You know, people are talking about before the season starts how, how the, this could be one of the best safety combinations in the entire country. Uh, and, and you know, Paris Ford's got this this great speed, and and they both have these great ball skills, and. You know, they're constantly in man coverage or up around the line of scrimmage. And, and you know, why not let those guys just sit back and ball hawk a little giving bit? Giving them too little uh, to do. They're, they're giving – you have a guy like Paris Ford and you're limiting what you're allowing him to do on defense by not letting him be a ball hawk like you're saying, Vince. And what's laughable about this to me is this game was a total – I, I want to say almost indictment on this philosophy – that Narduzzi, who is a great defensive coordinator, great defensive mind. But when you have a Patrick Jones getting three sacks in one game, the team getting after a big-ass quarterback like this six times, they sacked him six times. They had 13 tackles behind the line of scrimmage, Vince. And yet, they still have a receiver go for over a buck 60, score 31 points, and have a great day through the air because you don't put guys out on an island 
for 60 minutes, it's it's you're playing with fire and you get burnt two weeks yeah. in a row. Yeah, if you can't get to the quarterback, you know, he's going to throw it up. And if it's one-on-one coverage, you know, you're you're yeah. uh, leaving yourself vulnerable. Even if and, you get and, to the quarterback, you're still putting yourself yeah. out there. They got to the quarterback. What the and hell? That's, and I, well, they, they couldn't get to him every play. And that and that's the thing, you know, you know, you leave these corners out there. And yeah, yeah Jason Pinnock's a good corner. But and he got he got burned a couple times, and and Coach Narduzzi is saying that you know oh maybe he shouldn't have had him play every single snap in that game. Yeah. So obviously he may be a little tired from running all those go routes. But you know we've seen this before. That's the dis- disappointing thing about this is that we've seen this kind of uh, defensive uh, flaws in the Narduzzi system. You know. For years now, I mean, th- back in 2016, you know, Pitt had this great offense and, and the defense couldn't stop anybody. And, and the narrative was, well, y- you know, once he once he gets his players, once he gets his, you know, stud cornerbacks in there, you know, that, c- that can press guys and run with them, they're not going to continuously get beat, you know, down the sidelines and over the top. Well, here we are in, in 2020 you know, in the sixth year of Narduzzi's tenure here, and the same things are still happening. And it, I understand, you know, you lose you lose a Dane Jackson to the NFL. Damari Mathis uh, gets gets hurt at the beginning of the season, but you know, you got depth. You got you know, still some good guys. At least you should at this point. And you know, asking them to to do that kind of coverage the entire game uh, is a tall ask and not necessarily just that, Alan. It's predictable, too. The, the other team knows exactly what coverage <laughs> is going to be there and they know what they're going to have available. It's unfair, it's reckless, and it gets you into situations where you lose games you should win. Two weeks in a row, the pit defense, yeah. not not like we've been saying, not for lack of trying. They got after Jakovic. They sacked his ass six times. They they made him hurt too. Maybe not as much as Kenny Pickett was hurting after this game, but I don't think he enjoyed uh, waking up the next morning ex- except knowing he had the win. Uh, but the defense goes out there and, you know, against maybe more potent offenses, they would have given up a lot more. And I, you can ask a defense like Clemson's to play that kind of game. And against Boston College, yeah, sure. Uh they will probably handle, but they have those recruits. They have those players. Pat Narduzzi isn't getting those kind of players. Shouldn't be expected to get those kind of players. What he should be expected to do is put his players that he actually has in positions to win. On defense, I honestly, two weeks in a row, feel like he has not done that, and I'm not one of those people saying we need to fire Narduzzi, and we're going to talk about those people kind of when we go through the pitter net a little bit later, but watching this defense against Boston College this week and especially NC State last week very disappointing and unnecessary because there's already issues on offense that are causing pit issues they don't they're doing this to themselves game planning this way and we're being so stubborn with the game plan on defense I'm starting to think on offense it's a lot of it's the game plan but I don't know how you can run the ball effectively with that offensive line yeah, Alan, I, I just uh, – there's some stuff I just don't understand uh, in, in terms of, you know, the play calling, the the blocking scheme, and then the personnel too. Uh, you know, Jay Cradle didn't play uh, this game. And Jimmy Morrissey moved to the, the guard. Yeah. And you had Owen Drexel playing center. And, it, you know, no offense to those guys, but they're, they're not – very big as far as lineman standards are now was this was this an injury issue or was this a oh crap we got to change it up because we can't do anything with the Uh, run i think i'm not sure i'm not sure what the issue was here uh and and what's even more disappointing is is that you know uh gonclaves uh uh, you know a a redshirt freshman or redshirt sophomore offensive lineman uh narduzzi said uh he would be the first guard off the bench well, that, that didn't happen. Uh, so, you know, instead of just plugging one guy in, you move two guys around, uh, especially at the center position. That's difficult to do, Alan. You could speak to that. And uh, it, the, the personnel in, in a year, in year six, the, the offensive line personnel that they threw out there, 
shouldn't be that bad. And, you know, and if they are, you got to run some plays that they can be successful at running this, you know, these, uh, you know, uh, stretch plays or, or off tackle plays out of the shotgun it, uh, that are slow developing is just not working at all whatsoever. And whenever they do line up, uh, and it looks like they're going to pound it right at you. It's it's very telegraphed, and, and the other team is, is game plan for it. Yeah, again, the telegraphing on the run plays is uh, – I'm starting to think they just don't want to call – they can't call anything else. They don't feel like they have the capable personnel is my only thing I can go to because what what the hell else? Why wouldn't they try a different kind of scheme, different kind of uh, run, run uh, game plan? Mark Whipple's game plan is really right now dog crap, and if you go on pit internet and read what fans are saying, a lot of people are putting the boots to him. More people put boots than Arduzzi, but I can I can accept uh, kicking uh, Whipple because now this is just a wasteful. It's wasteful when you have Kenny Pickett, and it's it's wasteful when you have running backs that I feel are all capable of 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 doing good things. I feel like Abanaconda is, is going to be a, a home run hitter. I feel like uh, Vince Davis is a guy you can really rely on. I am surprised this guy knock on wood, isn't coughing it up or getting injured with how he's getting clobbered and he's small in yeah. the backfield a lot. Yeah. And it just, it's, it's wasteful when you have, I think talented players at skill positions. Now, maybe this is because they just don't trust the offensive line. It's a handicap. Maybe that's what we're learning, but try something new. Call 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 a big meeting and say we're gonna play some we're gonna run a trap. We're gonna run a quick run. We're gonna run a zone. We're gonna get our quick speedy running backs to the whole yeah. as fast as possible instead of, you know, being in the shotgun where we're gonna have Kenny Pickett look downfield and pretend like he's throwing and then hand it off to you to get hit five yards behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and what was and what was even more bizarre was on the two plays that Pickett had to come out and Yellen was in. Those were the two most successful running plays of the day, <laughs> and, and and it, it was it, they were quick handoffs, and it looked you know there was a hole there, and it looked like Davis was just shot out of a cannon. Uh, so I don't I don't know what is going on with with this running game. Uh, and, and you know before the season started, coach said that they have to run the ball to be successful, and, and you know he's absolutely right. And uh, unfortunately, though, it's it's just not happening. Well, they aren't, and they're not. So that's where that we're at. We're, yeah. we're at uh, three and two, two and two in the conference. And you know you could kiss ACC championship game uh, appearance goodbye. All we can hope for now is some big wins and rivalry games coming up, and we will preview this Miami game. But real quick, Vince, anything in the Boston College game? The fumbles that were overturned, uh, Kenny Pickett going down. Uh, do you th- how much did those events contribute to the loss to you? Well, well, I, I think I think those fumbles, you know, that that were overturned, uh, th- those were important for sure. Um, now, how the game would have played out, you know, after those, I, you know, hard to say. But you know, that's points that would have been taken off the board from Boston College, and I'm not quite sure why those were ruled. Uh, you know, the runner being down or the play stopped or whatever. I, I'm not sure about that. Uh, I, I, uh, didn't look good uh, to me. So that, that, I don't know about you, Alan, but that one was frustrating. Yeah, they, they, those plays, <laughs> see, those are, even in replay, though, I, I was sitting there, of course, saying, well, it's obviously going in our favor. But, you know, you could understand, there's reasonable, it's not like last week where I was just totally, my hands were up and, and I was just super pissed off about the refereeing. Uh, a lot of this, I just felt like that—that that was just stuff, fluff within the game to make you mad. But really, the sure. thing to get mad about is the self-inflicted wounds, especially by the coaching in this game, and then yeah. the unfortunate uh, head case kicker, who we can't blame. No one is—that's that, a rough thing for any young athlete to go through. Um, but damn it, it's an extra point. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, the thing is, in my opinion, I don't even think he should have been put out there for that extra point. Uh, I, I really think Pitt should have gone for two and the win in, in that overtime. Considering uh, not that, because he's not good at short field goals, but right, because of right. where Kenny Pickett was at that game. Yeah, Were you, you expecting got a, him to play another four four overtimes? That would have been 
uh, crazy. That, that's the thing. You got a quarterback that's only on, you know, basically on one leg, and you're making him run to the sideline in between every play uh, to get the play call. <laughs> yeah. And and you know you, you got the ball on it would have been what the three yard line uh, for for a two point conversion. Uh, you know, say if Kessman does make that extra point, then you got to throw your offense back out there again and try to score uh, another touchdown. But, but you know, it kind of goes back to me. You know, Narduzzi has so much confidence in this defense, and it, there's a lot of times he shouldn't have that much confidence in the defense. And you know, you got to an up because even if you know Kessman does make that extra point, there's no guarantee that Pitt's gonna, you know be able to score again, especially with a, with a hurt Kenny Pickett. Um, and, and then it's just, it's just one play for Boxing College and the game's over. Uh, you know, it, the adrenaline was going. I would have give, pick, given Pickett a chance to win that ball game You're right the there. Road. And, and it, it's, it's, it's sad that that wasn't the case because, you know, with how tough that kid was playing, some of those runs at the end of the game were just unbelievable. I, I, I think there was a strong chance he would have got it. So I say the rest of the season, just let the big man on campus be on his own schedule for practice. If he wants to practice, let him. If he doesn't want to practice all week long, who cares? Let him play in the game. He's Kenny Pickett. He's the BMOC. He's the guy keeping you in every single game. He's the coolest cat in Oakland to me right now. I want to party with Kenny Pickett. Thank you so much for what you're doing for this football team. I want to say that if he's listening, Vince. Oh, I'm sure he is. And you know what? Hopefully he's playing against Miami. We will need him. Miami Hurricanes. What can you say about the Canes? Well, they went out and they got molly whopped against Clemson in a game where they were probably crazy hyped for it. And Vince, uh, you were saying you wanted them to lose because you think they fall apart after games like that. Well, here we go. We'll see if that's true. But if Kenny Pickett can't go, that's going to be a big problem for the Pitt Panthers. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we've had a long look at Joey Yellen or Davis Bevel. I, I guess one thing we can say is Joey Yellen hands off very well because of you know how good the running game was when My he came question, in last week. I I want Yellen, but I uh, you think you think it's possible? Do you think Whipple would have it in him to totally change up the game plan and just start throwing a bunch of like jet sweeps out there and some and a lot more wildcat and and really go different from what we've seen these first uh, five games against Miami if there's no well, Kenny well, Pickett. Well, that's the thing, you know, there is you know, they have been effective using that wildcat package with, with Todd Sibley at running back. Uh but you, you got to think if you're Manny Diaz in Miami, you know, you're you're studying extra hard on, on that on that wildcat pa- package. Not that they've really shown a lot out of it, but you know, you're definitely going to be prepared for it. Uh you know, assuming Pickett is limited and and so what you're right alan they're gonna have to throw something different at him absolutely and you know even if kenny does play and he's not 100 percent, you know i'm i'm very worried about how this offensive line is going to hold up against those pass rushers from from miami uh there's a lot of good athletes on that team and yeah, the offensive line. I will say they're probably better at pass blocking than they are at run blocking, but uh, it, it does make me nervous. Yeah, no, a non-mobile Kenny Pickett, and this is going to be tough to win. So you need to have, even if he plays, you're right. Gadgets. You need to have a fake punt ready to go. You need a fake field goal play ready to go. You need to hope and pray that you make a, uh, some turnovers on defense. In addition, to all the sacks are racking up. No, in, no turnovers. Last week, if I recall, Vince. Um, so Pitt needs to really help Kenny Pickett out this week because even if he plays, or the Pitt offense out, because if Kenny Pickett plays, they're still going to need extra contributions because I don't see how it, how he could possibly be 100% ready to use his legs and all his all the tools he has after what he went through the last two weeks against a Miami D that could get after him. After all, this defense is full of NFL talent still. Yeah, they they are. You know, they they've recruited very well. They've gotten some good transfers, uh, so they're 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 going to be uh, a tough defense to move the ball against. Bottom line, and you know they're always going to be looking for a big turnover, a big splash play, 
And uh, you just got to hope that if those plays do happen, that that they're they're not uh, very costly ones. Uh, it's going to put even more pressure on this pit defense to play well, uh, especially without Kenny Pickett, because they're, they're that there's not much hope that they're going to be able to move the ball uh, effectively uh, w- with a hurt Kenny Pickett or or, or Joey Yellen. It's it's just unproven. Kenny Pickett, he's hurt, but he does mean business this week. I, I'm I'm excited for this game because, like you said, Miami's has a huge letdown. Pitt is, I mean, seeing Paris Ford on the field, they caught a, a camera caught him after the game. That guy was so mad, and he rightfully so, and so upset because a lot was lost with that Boston College loss. So now you have a Pitt team with nothing to lose. You have a Miami team that's probably a little shocked. Uh, because you know they probably were super confident as players going into last week, even though they no one else thought they had a chance. And now you have these different narratives in both locker rooms going into this game. But you do have a quarterback who I think doesn't give a rat's ass about any of that for Miami, Derek King. Uh, I think Pitt will contain him, Vince. But that guy, I think, has the confidence to just throw the ball downfield the way other quarterbacks who have been successful against Pitt have I don't think he's gonna go the route Louisville did where maybe he'll be a little bit timid standing in the pocket and just letting it sling well that's the thing about King you know you know he's a dynamic playmaker with with the ball in his hands and Pitt's gonna be able to definitely contain him uh in the running game but you know if you watch some of these games that he's played uh, particularly uh last week against Clemson he's not the most accurate deep ball passer uh, but he does have an arm to get the ball downfield, and maybe that's all they need. Uh, if you got a receiver running free like that, so you know, I think they're going to have to hope, and he is going to get some passes off. Make, make no mistake about it. And there's going to be some guys that'll probably be running open at, at some point during the game. But we're, I think we're going to have to hope at times that he's just inaccurate with the football, um, and, and make sure he doesn't hurt you. In the running game, these are the kind of quarterbacks that Pitt's defense has been successful against. Allen, you know why? Because that- these guys present the danger of running, and so Narduzzi doesn't just go all out man, or they're going to play some contain and some keep a guy yeah. roaming in the middle of the field. I wish they would approach every quarterback like this, but I kind of expect them to bottle up King and force him to do what he's not great at. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. Um, that that's going to be uh, it, it's going to be very important to to limit the the kind of things that he can do, and I think they can. You know, they've proven that that kind of stuff. You know, and Miami does have have some good playmakers, no doubt about that. Uh, but you know, it's going to start w- with King. He's really the guy that's going to get him going. It's the kind of guy Pitt's been able to stop. So we'll uh, we'll see. But you know, again, without Pickett. You know, w- without an offense that's going to be able to move the ball against a good Miami defense, you're asking a lot on, on, the, on the pit defense to, to really hold them down all game. So big, big task for the pit defense. And uh, the pit offensive line has a very, very sacred task, protecting Kenny Pickett if he plays and letting him hopefully make some – Great throws against the Miami defense that I feel like is going to match up well against Pitt's receivers. Kenny Pickett is the guy getting those guys open. They are dropping passes still, Vince. They're having a rough go of it. I don't know who steps up. If you got a beat-up quarterback, you got to step up. Is there a player that you have circled that is potentially going to come out of nowhere and say, enough of this crap, I need to be a part of our success, I need to help us win, someone needs to take the load off of Kenny? I'm going to... Well, I guess a couple, uh, a couple players I'll talk about uh, on defense. To me, it's got to be this interior defensive line uh, without Keyshawn Camp in there. Uh, the, the pass rush, you know, ha- while it's been it's been good from the edges, you know, up the middle has been it's been a struggle. Uh, they haven't been they haven't been as good without Camp in there. Obviously, no Twyman, uh, so you're missing your top two players. And you know, Devin Danielson, I think he's played very well, but he's obviously not the pass rusher of those guys. Uh, so, 
So uh, either Green or Bentley or, or Kalijah Kansi, you know, those guys I think are really going to have to step up and push this pocket. You know, you know, yeah, you know, um, Weaver and Jones they could get to the quarterback, but they're going to need a, a little bit of time. You know, fr from the edges, those guys up the middle have to just bust through there and, and get King moving around and not give him a chance to set up and uncork one down the field. I think that's going to be very important. Yeah, the, the defensive effort has been there and the production's been there, but they're, they need extraordinary uh, production to help what Pitt's been ailing Pitt the last two weeks. And that's making up for the offense not being able to run the ball and now maybe a banged-up quarterback. I'm hoping a Bonaconda can step up this week, Vince. I feel like there's going to be that moment where he busts out and a lot of Pitt fans get super hyped for him. That is yet to come. Are you surprised we're this far into the season and we haven't seen more from him? I, I don't know if I'm necessarily surprised. I mean, with with the way this offensive line is is going, you know, it, it's it, it's hard to really get a good look at any of the running backs to really say. And, and you know, Narduzzi has zeroed in on Vincent Davis as his guy, and it, it's reflected in the depth chart, Alan, if you believe that, uh, that Vincent Davis is not even an or starter. And Abanaconda is not even an or backup. He, he's the main backup, you know, if you believe that. Um, so I, I'm, I guess I'm not surprised. I think his role is going to get uh, increased uh, more and more. Alan, is, is this a game, you know, with uh, Abanaconda appears to have some, some, some big playability? Do you just try, you know, some some different ways to get this guy the ball this week. Do you install some plays this week to to get him uh, some opportunities? Yeah, install all, any kind of uh, different plays. You need gadgets. You need you need some uh, some hope. Maybe two running backs out there. Have we seen that at all this year? Have I mean have we seen a Bonaconda? Are you suggesting running like a, a pro formation? Maybe you got some sidecars out there. You got some guys in motion. Hardly any pre-snap motion throwing off. You see what this, I mean, not to throw it to the Steelers, but they totally switched up when a lot of pre-snap motion threw off the Eagles. You do that, it gets an opponent who hasn't seen that on your game tape. I'm just saying it makes them think. Get a, oh, yeah. get Davis out there and have him just running pre-snap motions like you're going to hand him the ball off in a jet, even, even if you're throwing it. I don't know. Get creative. But it's got to be better than what you've been doing especially in the run game. And if you need to be a gizmo gimmick offense to get some sort of run game, then you need to swallow your pride and do it. Uh, because if you don't think you could just run straight forward, you got to figure out a way to get that production because it's just not there right now. And man, I'm hoping we see a big 70 yard run and we have, we get to stop talking about this week, Vince. I'm tired of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm tired of talking about all the, uh, the the things that have gone wrong and and I just want to I just want to see the game and see if we can correct it and, and, and do some things better uh I'm tired of just just sitting and sulking and with this sour taste in my mouth all week it's killing me I know it's 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 really really been a, a rough one I haven't eaten right uh, to be maybe maybe it's because I got these pre the pre-wedding diet type of thing going on but I just feel like I haven't had a good meal since this this game, but we'll be eating good after Miami, I think. I, I have a good feeling about at least not being dis... Hey, they might not win, but I don't think we're going to have the horrible, sinking feeling we've had the last two weeks. But maybe that's because all hope has been taken out of our souls. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's a lot of what the talk <laughs> is on the internet, Vince, if you're ready to go out into the imaginary world where everybody types and talks. Yeah, I've, I've been spending way too much time on that this week, and, and I don't feel good about it. Well, when I feel this lousy, I don't want to live in the real world. Let's go to the Pitternet. Can you explain what Internet is? I hear there's rumors on the uh, Internets. And to all those faceless keyboard warriors on Twitter. But we're a good darn football team. I'm proud of these guys. All right. Our first one comes from Rock Hen on Panther Lair, who said, simple question for next year. Is Whipple the OC? That's a legit question. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I, I, from what I've seen, I would say no. Um, 
it. This guy, Whipple, I think he's a very good quarterback's coach. You know, Kenny Pickett has really improved his game since he's been here. And, uh, you know, you got to give a lot of that credit to Kenny. And I think you got to give a lot of credit to Whipple, too. But you know, this Whipple offense, there it just does not appear that there's a ton of creativity. There's not enough creativity specifically when you don't have, you know, the personnel. You're not changing things up. Uh, and I don't think he's a tremendous play caller either. You know, I think some of his plays have good design, uh, but then sometimes they're not executed properly. And then maybe you're not dictating your personnel. I, I'm, I'm not quite sure. But, uh, you know, the bottom line, you know, I don't think we've seen enough. And, you know, eh, we'll talk about it at the end of the year. But, you know, as of right now, you, you can't feel great about this offense and the direction it's going. And also, I mean, shouldn't he be someone that helps recruit quarterbacks? And, I mean, is he really doing that? That's well, I, I well, well, you talk about it, uh, you know, you, you bring in Joey Yellen in, in the transfer market. You know, you got Davis Bevel here. You know, and, and, you know, a lot of people are excited about those two guys. Obviously haven't seen a whole lot of them yet. And they certainly need some time to develop. But, you know, I, he, I think he is a good quarterbacks coach. And I, I would be all for all for having a, a coach on the staff whose sole purpose is just coaching the quarterbacks I think you know it's always limited how many coaches you could have but but somebody doing that Alan I think is very important and then you bring in I would love to see a young play caller a guy that really you know gets the way this game is played yeah T-Boy now, you want to get yourself a Joe Brady is what you want to go do right that's now, what you? I'm talking about <laughs> I, I think we need uh somebody like that now granted you know Whipple's got ch- some chances to change my mind but uh you know, right now I'd say the offense is not up to snuff, and, and I think he's got to take some blame for it. Rhino Wolf on Panther Lair said, how many years does he have left? Did they just extend him last year so he has like five more after this year? If that's the case, he's here until after 2022 at least. Plus, not like they're going to get anyone worth a crap to replace him, even though he's no good. Win six, eight games, wash, rinse, repeat. Rhino Wolf reserved to a life of mediocrity, Vince. That's that's harsh. And you know, this week, Alan, I, I've you know I've defended. I'm I'm curious to hear your response to this. Is you know I've defended Narduzzi a lot. You know, and uh, you know this was a year that we were targeting as, as a a make or break year to really see what this guy can do. And you know. Defense is supposed to be his thing, and I know he's amassed a lot of talent here, but a lot of the flaws in the defense that were here five years ago are still here right now. And his ability to pick offensive coordinators the past couple years has not been good, and I'm starting to have some doubts. Uh, I am. I, I'm, I don't feel great about admitting this, but that's, that's the truth. Yeah, this game kind of was... Uh, the first crack in my armor of defense for Narduzzi for sure because, like you said, make or break year there. You got two crushing, horrible, not never should have happened losses. And then you have a, a guy I feel like his, he's respected, but the way we've seen him talk about Matt Canada, you got to believe he's alienated other people in the, in the coaching circle. And then recruiting-wise... You know, Pitt's doing all right. Um, so that's why I would definitely am still defending him. And I don't want to see any changes unless there is a great plan and a solid uh, footing to be on. I am never f- in favor of total regime changes in college abruptly, no matter how many crushing defeats you have in one season. If there isn't something uh, that's just absolutely heinous and you got to fire a guy for, for uh, you've got to prepare behind closed doors for replacing him which is what uh, smart universities do. And then they go on to win national championships like LSU, uh, even though people laughed at them when they hired Coach O. They waited when they, everyone said they should fire Les Miles at one point, and then they fired him when they were damn well ready, even though it was still kind of abrupt. But uh, they were pl- there was a plan. You got to have a plan. So I'm telling all you Narduzzi, we got to fire Narduzzi people. There better be a damn plan. Otherwise, that's a yeah. stupid plan. A stupid plan. Yeah. I, I agree with you there, Alan. You know, you don't 
you know, and we've seen it at Pitt many times. You, you don't get rid of a coach unless you got somebody uh, ready behind them that, that, you know, you, you got your guy ready to go uh, to, to take his place and it better be somebody better, you know, um, you know, Narduzzi, you know, I think he's done a lot of good things for the program, but I think the questions are fair right now. Is he the guy to, to really take him to the next level to compete for, for, for championships every year? Uh, it, it's hard, it's hard to say at this point, the story's not, not written yet. Uh, we've got to see the you know, rest of this. W's. Exactly. It's about W's and we're going to see how many W's they get the, the rest of the year. And, and, and see where we go. But I'm sure Heather Lake and Chancellor Gallagher uh, are are talking about this stuff right now as we speak. I'm, I'm sure that they're they're planning all kind for all kinds of different scenarios. And don't they have other things to worry about at the university right now than having to replace a coach? Come on. Oh man. <laughs> at Dalton seven seven four seven four on Twitter said, "When I die." I want the pit football team to lower me into my grave so I can be let down one last time. Not original, Vince, but after that game, well said, I'd have to say. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that, that sums up a lot of it. And our last one here comes from our Pit Panthers on Reddit in a thread titled "Existence is Pain." Thirteen to nine says, "I became a fan around the time of C username." Helped me make my college decision. I know what to expect, but it's still a letdown. Only thing I care about for the rest of the season is beating Notre Dame. Two questions, Vince. Is beating Notre Dame the most important thing left this season? And how many people do you think the 13-9 to victory inspired to, to say yes to go to Pitt? Uh, it, it Supposedly, it inspired a lot of uh, players uh, in that class. Uh, that next year's recruiting class to go to Pitt. Um, a, a lot of local players, for sure. Um, as far as you know, you know, regular, you know, students. I don't. I don't know. That's, that, that may seem like a stretch, uh, but I, I, I don't know. that's a that's a funny question. <laughs> All, oh, I my know, all I know is when I saw Jerron Brown lace up those shoes and when they opened up the Pete, that really that's the, my main reason why I said Pitt is it. And that's what that well, was that, my... that I will say that, you know, the the allure of the Peterson Event Center and how good the basketball team was doing, you know, at that time was was a huge uh, recruiting tool uh, for, for regular students that that I will say. Um, but as they far won, as the rest of the season, they won 13, nine. Yeah. What do you, I'm going to go there. What are you going to study? I don't know. They won. They beat WVU. Who cares? I'll study something. I don't know. I'll be a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as the rest of the year goes, uh, beating Notre Dame is not the only thing that matters. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. It's a big game for sure. But, you know, is it very improbable with two losses right now that they could, you know, run the table the rest of the way uh, and, you know, and make the ACC title game, you know, absolutely. But, uh, you know, if this team really has in them what we thought at the beginning of the year, yeah, they could they could maybe only lose one more, you know, the, the rest of the year. And, you know, maybe not necessarily make the conference title game, but maybe they finish in the top three or four. And, and you know, if you asked a lot of people at the beginning of the year where where – Pitt may finish, you know, three or four probably wouldn't be too bad. And they still have an opportunity to do that. Uh, so, so the biggest game is this next one, this Saturday, big noon kickoff against them Canes. Exactly. I'm with you there. And you know what? Also, Notre Dame's a big game, but we want, I want to beat Clemson. Don't come on 13, nine. You got to raise the bar a little bit, even after a couple bad losses. Let's go. All right, let's go actually uh, down the street. Around town, you know, a lot of people are I'm walking around. They're putting out their political signs, Vince. They're all talking about the big election or they've already voted. And then it quickly turns into not who you're voting for, but who do you think is going to replace Narduzzi? Or who do you think is going to be the, the right player for Pitt to, in the backfield? Or who do you think uh, is to blame for the loss? They're still talking about the Pitt Panthers all around town. Yeah, and anytime. 
you know, Pitt loses, there's plenty of complaining happening. And uh, yeah, they're talking about it this week. No, no different. Another Saturday coming and the Panthers are playing. Time to find out what the answers are saying. You see that pick kicker miss that extra point? Nah, I turned it off before uh, they tried that 58-yarder in that. You know, he made that one, you know. Yeah, but I, I knew he'd let him down in overtime when it, when them kicks got shorter. Hell to pit. But the answers are safe. So that's what the answers are saying. Uh, just... Just a, a horrible ending to that, that Boston College game. Horrible for Alex Kessman, but they don't have much time. They got to regroup. They got to get uh, ready for them Miami boys uh, this Saturday. But Alan, there are there's still a lot of other stuff going on in, in college football this week. We got some 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 interesting ACC games, and then one huge game in the South. Uh, may, maybe the game of the year. The game of the year, oh, college football. What are you doing making Steve Sarkeesian the guy in charge of the biggest game of the year now? Oh, my goodness. This is quickly going to hell for Alabama. Right before we turn the mics on, Vince, Nick Saban testing positive for that demon virus, COVID-19, and Steve Sarkeesian's now in charge of Alabama. Now, what he did, Molly Wap and Ole Miss last week, impressive. But this is a different team, Georgia. And this is the game of the year. And what a horrible time for Alabama's legendary coach to have to isolate, self-isolate uh, from his team. He was just on ESPN on mute while we're recording. And it looked like he was hopefully asymptomatic. But this sucks for the tide. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was, he was coaching uh, the practice from his house. <laughs> this morning, well, I guess, is what what I what I heard. Uh, yeah, that that it, it is a shame. Uh, th- this matchup, I, I I cannot wait to see this one. Uh, you know, very. It, it's interesting. And Alan, I want to get your take on this since you, you've covered the SEC more than anybody I know. Um, you know Georgia was a six and a half point dog uh, to to Alabama on the road. Uh, just hours ago and then you know ever since the the Saban news has come out (laughs) this name this line has dropped down to you know four points uh was what I'm seeing at the Westgate right now three in some areas three and a half I've even seen it taken off off the board at some shops is Nick Saban you know not being on the sideline really worth you know three and a half three points is that is that is that accurate I don't see how that is. He is not like this world-renowned game day coach. He is a recruiter and a general coach. This is a guy who always surrounds him with fantastic coordinators that end up getting great jobs. That's what he's all about. So on game day, I think just his presence of scaring his players into playing great defense (laughs) is what it's all about. But now maybe they'll be motivated in a different way way they haven't been in Alabama for a long time. Yeah, I mean, he's not calling the plays right, you know, no. on on you know on either side of the ball. I'm, I'm sure he's making some, you know, some maybe crucial decisions on you know, you know, whether to go for it on fourth down or, or field goal attempts or something like that. But you know, and, and I'm sure maybe he'll he'll have he'll be calling in the uh, Sarkeesian during the game or something. I'm not sure how that's going to work, uh, but. Yeah, you know, it, it's it, it's fascinating to to see that, and you know, I liked I liked Georgia in this ball game uh, before this news came out. I, I think that their defense is just uh, just tremendous, Allen and uh, Alabama. While their offense is great, their defense has been very vulnerable, uh, especially last week against Ole Miss, Allen. And uh, it, I could see you know Stetson Bennett maybe moving the ball on this Alabama team. I mean, I don't know how – I don't know what to think about Georgia's offense against Alabama's defense. Like, last week, 
I, I almost feel like maybe Ole Miss knew all of Alabama's defensive calls and were, you know, getting tipped <laughs> off. They're talking about that. How because... the hell did that happen? I honestly don't know how that happened, and I did not expect it. And I don't feel there's any way in hell Stetson Bennett is going to go out there and light it up that way. You know, they struggled a little bit with Tennessee early in that game. I felt like um, more than a lot of people probably thought ended up dusting them off pretty easily, I think. But the Alabama offense, that's uh, – maybe even if they, if they if they actually do – I mean, they have Dylan Moses on their defense. I don't feel like a D with him is bad. But if they are a bad defense, it, I don't think it matters. Mac Jones, Harris – this freaking off Waddle, this offense is absurd. It's NFL, NFL player after NFL player. And even the Georgia defense in this game as they're they are not ready for what this team's really? capable of. And they're not ready. Nobody is. I don't think anybody, after what I saw last week, and after maybe a whatever's going on with Sark, this is a huge moment for him, too. This guy is coaching for a head another head coach. Can you believe from where he fell? Now, where he could possibly go, Sark in this big spot now, if he on game day is coaching the Alabama Crimson, Crimson Tide and pulls off a big win, tr- huge, huge well, implications. Well, well, let me ask you this, Alan. You know, now he can't just focus on the play calling. He's got to focus on, you know, everything else on game day. Uh, is that going to, you know, maybe – Maybe he can't focus on the play calling as much, and maybe maybe their their, their offense isn't going to be as potent. I mean, certainly the, the talent, you know, the, the players are there, but you know, maybe the play calling is going to suffer a little bit. I don't, I don't think at all. I don't think that happens at all. If you know what he'll have to worry about is now he's the guy making the call on situational football, and he's probably involved in a lot of that. Uh, he probably wants to go for it a lot more than Saban probably does, but really winners when in the regular season is Alabama faced with those kind of decisions at all. So yeah, uh, in, you're, you're in, right in this game. If they come up, I think he'll be fully prepared. He, the guy has the experience and he has more, most importantly, the players, Najee Harris is like, He's you could, if you just want to hand him the ball <laughs> off all game, try it, go ahead. Georgia might have something for him, but if you can't, you're going to have waddle. All right. You're gonna have Smith. Yeah. You're you're you are going to be ready uh, on offense. That defense is the big issue, and I don't know. I don't think Georgia could could have could ever score that many points on Alabama the way Ole Miss did. Well, maybe not like that. They don't sure, play that kind I, of game. I, I, they run the ball, and they're going to try to make this a physical game. But if this becomes, you know, a run and gun, I, I don't think Stetson Bennett's ready for that. I'd be scared if well, I'm him. Well, that's him the thing. Yeah, last that's, week had. It's gonna it's gonna be a bright stage, uh, you know, um, and I'm sure that the you know even though it's a reduced crowd in Tuscaloosa of you know maybe twenty thousand that are gonna sound like seventy thousand probably because there will be seventy thousand, you know that that's gonna be intimidating for this kid. And we'll we'll see under the lights if he can if he could really step up. Uh, but but the physicality that you talked about, Alan, you know, at, at, Georgia's got the advantage in the trenches in this game on both sides, I think, and I, I think that's their that's their they have to be their calling card in order to win this ball game. I really do. That control clock. We'll see. This is interesting, Alabama. Let's see if Alabama shies away from fit. Would they shy away from a physical game? But not really. I think they're just going to probably just try to blow the doors off of Georgia. I think it will happen, too. It's an impressive team. Angry Alabama. Sorry, Stetson. Even if your dad, <laughs> even if Bo's there and Colt and Rooster and the gang, no chance in hell for Georgia. I'm picking Alabama. All right. I, I'm still going to stick with the dogs uh, t- to to win this ball game. I know Pam's on the dogs for this ball game. Of course, of course. Well. Always, always with Georgia. I've been hearing this for too long. They got all bark, no bite. Let's move on to our opponents that are coming next week. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Real quick, they take on Louisville. Any chance we see the preseason Louisville in this game upset Notre Dame? No, no, no. Uh, absolutely not. 
because and I'll t- I'll tell you why. Uh, the main reason is that the 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 front seven for Louisville is is too small and not physical enough uh, to beat this Irish team. Uh, if if you watch that game last week, you know, Notre Dame is just running the ball at a, a very impressive clip. Uh, they got you know a tremendous off offensive line, maybe the best they've had in a while. Uh, the, the running backs are running hard, and I think they're just going to run all over this Louisville team. Uh, Notre Dame right now favored by 17 at the Westgate. I I, I may lay that number. Uh, that's that's 17. They, they they've looked that impressive. Definitely don't want Notre Dame losing this game as a Pitt fan. I don't want an angry Notre Dame team that went through a horrible, hellacious week of practice going against the Pitt yeah. Panthers. Oh, I want yeah. them You're right. hockey. That's what I want. So on to the Pitt-Miami game now. The U, 11 and a half. Is this for real, Vince? This is the spread. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually gone up a little bit. I, I've seen 12 and a half, uh, up to 13 at, at the Westgate and the win. Uh, so yeah, people are betting on Miami, or at least there's some money coming in on them. And I th- I think the big thing to really look at is for this line is Kenny Pickett healthy or not? Uh, if Kenny Pickett's full go, uh, if he plays, you know I think Pitt, Pitt's defense could slow down Miami enough, and, and Pickett you know he he can make enough plays to make this a close game. Uh, but it, but if it's Joey Yellen or Davis Bevel or or even Nick Patty, I, I'm not sure how Pitt's going to be able to score enough points, uh, even with even with a good defensive performance. Allen, it's just yeah, the deep offense has struggled with Pickett. I, it's hard to imagine what they'd be like without him. Yeah, but a line that high against a team that has a good as good a defense as Pitt. When 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 they play when they play in game plan correctly, which I think they will this week. I am, I know I'm playing with fire saying this, but I'm confident the defense is going to show up this week. Yeah, I feel like that's high. Now I'm going to pick Miami to win. I think Miami's going to win 28 to probably, oh, let's say 20. It's going to be a, about a touchdown or so, is what I feel. But 11 and a half. I think the defense will keep it a lot closer than that. And it all depends. That could be a pit. I'm just so scared, like you said, of Kenny Pickett being banged up in this one. There's nowhere to run against the Miami defense for him, maybe even if he's healthy. And banged up and hobbled, damn it. Not a a good way to go into this one. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm predicting a low-scoring game. Even if Kenny Pickett does play, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Yeah, I think you know the total right now, 48, 48 and a half. Uh, but I'm thinking, you know, I think Pitt's defense is going to have a great game. I think that, you know, yeah, they may give up a couple uh, big plays. You know, they may be put in some bad field position situations, uh, but I think they're going to hold Miami and King down, you know, quite a bit. But this offense against this Miami defense is is it just looks like bad news, unless Miami's very disinterested in this game, and I think Pitt's going to lose seventeen to nine. Well, those are the picks, Vince. But in our hearts, we're hoping for much better and oh, happier yeah. times next week. Uh, full disclosure: as we wind down this show uh, for next week, it could be a different kind of show but not by much because well i'll be a married man maybe because we might record right after the game before the tiny ass wedding i'm gonna have vince that's up in the air for all the listeners so they got to be on their toes yeah well even even if we do record uh you know after Tuesday, who knows if you'll be a married man? Anything could happen in 2020, Alan. <laughs> but, but, but in all honesty, I, I hope it goes well for you. Uh, me and Pram, Pam are, are praying that every everything works out great. Uh, we're so happy for, for both of you. And I, I think it's going to be a tremendous day for you. And congratulations. Well, thank you so much, good buddy. And let's hope for a pit win. Let's hope for a badass show we're going to do celebrating that win and looking forward to Notre Dame with hopefully Pam returning to the show. And then, yeah, a wedding without a hitch. A hitching without a hitch. And then we'll be back for 
our regularly scheduled program. And we do have that breather of a bye coming up, too, that I'm kind of looking forward to, especially after these last two weeks, Vince. (laughs) Pick could probably have used one this week. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what? You got to press on. The season rolls on somehow. In these unprecedented times, Pitt is kind of having a very precedented and expected season the way it always shakes out. So I guess that's kind of comforting. But you know yeah, what? Yeah, it's a it's a very it's a very pit season. It is. And that's that the thing is we're all here for each other. We know how to deal with this kind of uh well, up uh, not tragedy, but I it's the only word I could think of, but you know, upsetting last couple weeks. It could be yeah. a lot worse. Hell could be Florida State Vince. At least we're not them. That's on the bright side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's hope they're not like Florida State against the Miami Hurricanes. Big game. Beat the U. Let's get it. Anything left, Vince? Uh, Also, congratulations to uh, the Pitt soccer programs, men's and women's. Talked a little bit about them last week. They're both still in the top 10 now. They're they're doing excellent. Uh, Congratulations to those programs. Uh, Good luck to the Panthers uh, this weekend against the Canes. And certainly good luck to you, Alan, with your wedding and hail to Pitt. Hell yes. Giving us reason to watch the ACC Network in the middle of the week pit soccer and yep we'll see you for the next show i might be a married man when we record it if not either way all i want to say to you our gentle listeners and fellow fanthers is to follow us at h2p show on all social media thanks for subscribing to the show on your favorite podcast app and hail to pit